It's time for the Code of Man podcast. Let me ask you a question. What do Jerry Falwell Jr., Donald Trump, and fundamentalism have in common? Stand by. I'm going to answer the question. Now, I have to acknowledge that I am at a... I'm in a handicap on this recording. I don't have headphones. Yeah, I was wondering where they were. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I can't get an extra set of headphones around here. I mean, do you not know who I am? Huh. Do you need more coffee, sir? <laughs> In a minute. Okay. All right. All right. I'll stand by. So that's uh, that's a good way to introduce today's topic, isn't it? On top of the Jerry Falwell Jr. and uh, fundamentalism comparison and, oh, oh, won- and old DJT. You're wondering, you're wondering about that, aren't yeah, you? That yeah. was a great introduction. Yeah. Well, let me answer that question. Our topic today, and we've been talking about this quite a while, here's the question, what is killing the church in America? And I think that while these problems go around everywhere, you know, the church everywhere is going to have problems, the church everywhere has troubles, in many places it's persecution. You know, it's poverty they're dealing with. It's a plague that they're dealing with. Not in the Western world. Particularly in the American Western church culture, there are, I believe, three things that are killing the church. There is celebrity culture, Christian celebrity culture, which is what we're going to be talking about today. There's denominational traditionalism. And then thirdly, it's Christian nationalism. Does that explain my opening comment? Yes, it does. The question? Yeah. I think it hits it right on the head. Absolutely. Have we just lost all our listeners? Uh, probably at least the point four or the nine. Well, we can handle that loss. <clears throat> We're down to a nice even number. I can live with those odds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how, how do we define those three things? Celebrity culture is it becomes more about the person, the personality, than it does about the Savior. What about denominational traditionalism? How would we define that? Well, I would say simply, we've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the, that's the big one. That's the nutshell. And then Christian nationalism, how would we define that? How about make America Christian again? Yeah. That, would that work? We could just and say that? There went the other seven of our listeners. Well, I think, I think we already had them on the, they were already, on the they were already yeah. dangling from the hook anyway. They were already searching for other podcasts <laughs> to listen to. I don't want to do the wrong thing by trying to do the right thing. So I don't want to just name a bunch of people and call out the problems in their life. But look, I don't think it's any surprise. People know the scandals with Jerry Falwell Jr. But if you just take him as an example, he epitomizes everything I just described. Here's a guy who became too big for his britches, as Grandma used to say, and thought very highly of himself, loves to hobnob with celebrities, can't wait to be invited back to Fox News, said that after Donald Trump's shenanigans, not only would he not 
take Donald Trump's honorary degree, but he would be happy to give him another one if he were still in charge of Liberty University. I mean, just crazy stuff. So there went the rest of the listeners, but we got we to gotta call this thing out for what it is. So we'll just enjoy a nice little conversation amongst, amongst the three ourselves. of us and <laughs> make sure we ask our wives to listen to it. Yeah, we'll yeah. get the numbers back up there to six. There we go. I'll get my parents too. Yeah. So celebrity. Yeah. What is the mindset that's driving this Christian celebrity thing? Here's the closest <laughs> thing I can do is I can read an article by a fairly well-known guy in the Christian world, and his name is Randy Alcorn. Um, I'm sure that there are people listening who have read something of his. He's written a number of books. But there's an article, this was from October of last year, entitled The Cure for Celebrity Christian Culture, Faithfulness Over Fame. In A.D. 400, Jerome warned the church, Shun, as you would the plague, a cleric who from being poor has become wealthy, or who from being nobody has become a celebrity. In the early church, Alcorn says, leaders led by a model of sacrifice and generosity, not by privilege and accumulation. I personally know a number of people, this is still the article, who would be called, quote, Christian celebrities, but lead by example and genuinely seek to honor God with the platform he has given them. But unfortunately, the modern evangelical culture, including the publishing and music industries, as well as larger churches and speaking circuits, sometimes generates Christian celebrities and lavishes them with wealth and attention they're not prepared to handle. People who think they are entitled to lots of attention and money also tend to think they're entitled to sexual immorality and other self-indulgences and are prone to hypocrisy. Countless fallen Christian leaders have demonstrated that financial indulgences and sexual indulgences tend to go hand in hand. Now, that's just the opening couple of paragraphs of that article, but it is well said. He goes on in the article to really call himself out. And what I mean by that is not to say, Randy, slap on the hand, Randy, you've been a bad Christian celebrity. What I mean is that he, he mentions here in, in later in the, the article, faithfulness trumps fame any day. He said, in doing many book signings and media and speaking events over the years, I've had a taste of what it's like to be treated as a celebrity. It's fine to respect and appreciate someone's writing, but some people treat me better than I deserve. I do not believe that these people are trying to dishonor God, but I'm as vulnerable as anyone to sliding down the slippery slope of pride, succumbing to flattery, and gradually coming to think that I deserve special attention, recognition, and material indulgences. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a, a humble way to make yourself accountable. Yeah. When you write that and put it out there and say, hey, people, look, I'm vulnerable, and I'm highlighting that, so you keep me in check. Yeah, And I, and I think that's a great way to, to live because— even if you look at the life of Jesus, this was a thought that I had while we were while we were, you know, getting everything ready for this recording today. Jesus constantly refused celebrity status, yet always welcomed worship. Yeah. And I, and I think the difference with that is, you know, we kind of use the terminology to, today that in the world that you know, we worship our celebrities. But we don't really worship our celebrities because the the worship that we give celebrities is very surface level, it's very shallow. You know, it's it's tabloid-type worship, you know, keeping up with where they're at and their life and all that. But it's not really genuine worship. What Jesus welcomed was a woman by the name of Mary coming and giving her all and praising at his feet. And he always received worship. But then you come, like, in John 60, John 60, John 6, um, and, and around verse 60, and you got this big old mass of followers that are just tabloid-style, oh, wow, there's something good going on. 
And Jesus basically blasts them, gives them hard teaching about right. how if you're really going to be my disciple, you're going to have to eat my flesh. And they're like, whoa, this this is this is too hard. And a lot of them leave, and it yeah. opens up a big discourse, and it shows Jesus was not interested in casual followers or listeners or likes or retweets or anything like that. He was interested in those that were genuinely worshiping, following, and dedicated disciples. Because let's be honest, total devotion and consecration is not appealing. Right. When you, when you talk about it, it is the, from the surface level. But what Jesus did was not, because him walking on the water and calming the storm and healing the sick and all those miracles he did, that was appealing. People, people liked that. But once they began to really follow him, his friends pulled him aside and was like, hey, you're beside yourself. Like, you're, you're, you're taking this thing too far, man. Like you're, and because he was totally devoted and totally consecrated, it was not appealing. Um, but a lot of that celebrity culture went away when they saw how serious he was and how devoted that he was. The ultimate patheticism, building your name in the name of somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Now, if we see people do that in any other place, we would say, poor guy, what's wrong with him? Like, I've already opened the can. Can I just say the guy walking around with the MAGA hat, waving the Trump flag with the stickers posted, and it it doesn't have to be Trump. He's just the most recent, okay? Mm, it could yeah. be any president or any – I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's the sports teams, too. It's the same concept. Yeah, it is. You know, my identity is found in I'm following this and this, and, and I build my name off of that. But the ultimate pathetic way to do that is to build your name off of, you know, to be a preacher or to be a – a Christian, a singer, or whatever, and build your own name in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we call that like riding somebody's coattails. You know, the guy that always wants the name drop, he gets at an event because, well, I traveled with so-and-so, or I trained under so-and-so, or I was on so-and-so's coaching staff. And it's like, okay, but what have, what have you done? What do you have yeah. to bring? Are you just regurgitating, you know, what, what you've gotten from everybody else? It's like using the Bible— as a reference, just yeah. so you can get up there and talk. Right. Yeah. Given eight or nine verses, you're not even going to use them. And and you know we'll move from the highlighting all the problems here to looking for sure. some solutions. But absolutely to that point, we used to talk about that like Christian, like the in the Christian music industry. You know why they're a Christian rock star, don't you? Because they couldn't make it in real rock. Now. I happen to know or have heard firsthand, not, I'm not, not going to name drop here, but just knowing a guy who was in the field, that that's a reality. It does probably not a shocker that that does happen. Oh, well, remember, you couldn't get a record deal with these yep. big companies, but hey, we'll give you a record deal over here. Okay, let's name drop. It's our buddy Bruce Fry. Right. Yeah. right? He told the story. You know, he said, I, I was in Nashville. I couldn't get with RCA. I couldn't get with whoever all the big things were. But he said, but I had an agent that said, but I can get you a deal with this Christian record label. He wasn't even a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, you know, they were trying to give him a deal. Why? Because he had talent. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> we really had, uh, just so everybody knows why there's these crazy pauses and stuff along the way is because we were really had this little musical soundtrack we were going to cue in here, but uh, we, we lost it. We couldn't find a place to fit it. So 
And we didn't want to lose any more listeners. Yeah, we didn't want to lose any more listeners. This is the one that's killing us anyway. This this episode, <laughs> taking us completely it, off the map. Done. It's like yeah. digging a hole to China. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, you, you said you know, over there in Acts where the guys, I don't know, I can't remember who they were, but they came, the guy that was possessed with the devil, and they said, uh, in the name yeah. of Jesus and Paul, we command you. <laughs> the yeah. sons of Sceva. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the old Skevites. Yeah. And, you know, the demon said, well, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but who are you? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's reality check. Can I just make this point? You don't have to be big and famous to have this problem. The right. mindset can affect any one of us. In fact, a lot of us who don't have any celebrity status, us in this room, you know, I mean, we're big in Jamaica. But, That's right. You know, it can affect anybody. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't guard your heart against this desire to be known and uh, celebrated, you can fall into this trap. Right. Here's a question. What's driving this train wreck? This ever-expanding Christian celebrity world that we have in the Western church culture? I think some of it has to do with a little bit of desperation in the church. Last episode, we talked about the different generations, and we talked about the, the boomers, for example, with the larger churches. I'm not singling the boomers out, but we have a group of folks now who are, in the last decade or so, been worried about the future of the church. They're saying, hey, we, we don't have any young mm-hmm. people. We don't have... So what happens is you get a certain denomination or a certain group, and they're hurting for people. They're hurting for growth. And some guy comes along, and he's appealing, and he can relate to the younger folks, and they're like, wow, this is what we need. That's what we need right there. And they take him, and they put him on a pedestal. I think that has something to do with and it. And he's yeah. unprepared. Because I, I, I think what you're saying, what I'm reading between the lines is, is they're going for the young preacher. So, yes. You know, young, yes, something that they, they're energetic. Looking for, correct. He yeah. can appeal to the, the younger people. We can get some youth and, and back in our church if we do this. So you're speaking more to those traditional churches that are drying on the vine. Correct. And they're looking for something to regenerate energy in their church. Yeah. And I think, too, it has to do with what we our, our definition of success. Because I think still along the lines with, with that point, I don't know that – so I'll, I'll say it this way. I think a lot of the people that have reached celebrity status and a lot of the people that are looking for celebrities probably started with good intentions. You know, they didn't intend to be – now, I think there's some that they wanted their name in the lights, name and marquee and all that. But I think a lot got there because they they were trying to do things the right way, and they wanted to be successful. They wanted their Christian life to matter. And the problem is our definition of a successful Christian life translated to Christian celebrityism. Well, you're a success if you write this many books. You're a success if you pastor this size of a church. You're a success if you achieve this, that, or the other. And so that naturally becomes a little bit of a driving force of, I don't want to come to the end of my life and not be a success, having wasted the gifts and the talents that God gave me. I, I don't want to waste anything, so I'm going to strive for these things. And and I think that's part of what drives it is is a genuine desire to be successful, but the problem is our definition of a successful Christian life so many times doesn't match up with what Jesus described as the successful Christian life. And I want to talk about how why this matters, because the people listening to us 
are going to be like us, though we're all vulnerable and can, can fall into the trap, most of us are not in the trap of pursuing celebrity status. But it still has to be called out because we can fall into the trap of, of aligning with or being led by, pulled into those who are in that celebrity world. And then that's going to affect us. So I, I think we need to deal with that. But before we do that, I wanted to say that what's driving, I think what's driving a lot of this is social media. And social media has made every, given everybody a platform. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier about likes and follows and tweets and retweets and tweet and retweet. We're in a boat. Tweet fell out. Who was left? <laughs> and so th- that's a big part of it. And one of the things that I saw happening is the evangelist getting on Facebook, Facebook Live, and doing his little description of the service he just had and how many people came to Jesus and the movement of God and it was great and you should have been here and I'll be back tomorrow night. And he's always in a car. What's yeah, driving while hey, he's <laughs> drinking his latte. And I'm yeah. going to learn y'all something. I got some, I got so-and-so celebrity name drop in the back and I got other celebrity name drop in the front seat. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. I'm having old Dr. So-and-so over for dinner tonight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's over at the house building, now. Building the status. It's all about what in the world, how is it we don't see, you know? Isn't there a Bible verse that would go with that? <laughs> how are you so blind? Let's make one up here. I think also COVID, for all the things COVID has perpetuated or, what's the word I'm looking for, propelled forward, yeah. this is one of them. Because we had the introduction in a massive way of online church the Facebook live streaming, the uploading the videos to YouTube became a huge thing. And what do you do with that? Okay, number one, when you don't meet for church services and you want to speak to your folks and you want to create some semblance of a gathering and a unity of we're all together in this thought at the same time, it's a great platform to do that. That was a tool. It was a tool handed to us. But it's now become where people in a church, people in a community, a local fellowship, they're listening to a hundred different preachers online. It's madness. And I think that's where some of that, that inadvertent celebrity status comes up because, like, I think of here at our undisclosed location with our radio program that goes out on our— Okay, I know you and I, we target that towards our people, our, our church that tunes into our radio program— but there's also the reality that there are others out there that are tuning in, and so we want to be a blessing and a help too if they're gonna if they're gonna consume that. And I think that drives a lot of the like what you're talking about the social media COVID presence. Like, okay, we're gonna craft this for our people, but hey, if this person's aunt can get some help from it too, that's just an added benefit. But then it starts doing what you're saying, well, okay, well, I'm now I'm so-and-so's aunt, and I'm turning into this guy, I'm tuning into this guy, I'm tuning into this guy, and, tuning, and they have many teachers, but no clear direction, no main voice in their life, and we've got many celebrities that is, that's kind of built up out of good intentions. And most of the celebrity stuff that's given, not all of it, you have to peel back the layers on the stuff that, that's a little deeper, but most of it's shallow. Most of it's just appealing and entertaining. And I mean, the Christian music industry is, a, is the perfect example, but yeah. as, as he mentions in the article, the publishing industry, Christian publishing industry, and a lot of that stuff's shallow, repetitive, just same old hash reserved. 
Paul said, 1 Corinthians 4.15, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. Yeah. And that is that is one of the, the problems of the Christian celebrity world and everybody tuning into everything under the sun, and they equate... They equate this preacher over here on the same platform as their pastor. Well, mm-hmm. let me explain that. Neither one should be on a platform. What I'm saying is, is that God gives his children a local church and a pastor. And the guy across town's not your pastor. Your pastor's your pastor. When we upload our services or things from our church, if people tune in that aren't part of our church and they get something out of it, great, that's on them. But but I'm not doing that for them. Right. And if they don't ever tune in, that's that's fine with me. I want our church to tune in. And, I mean, I, radio broadcasting, I think I, I view that a little bit differently. I, I know that that's a larger audience. So I would actually say that that one's tailored more toward just a baseline, let me give you some encouragement from the Word of God. Yeah. I'm not trying to be your pastor. I'm just offering you some things that if you're listening will be a help to you. But it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy world out there. And I, th- I think when a, you're a celebrity, it's, yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's very tough. And I think a good way to to look at all this is, you know, like you as as mine and Roland Napoleon's pastor, you're responsible, or we're responsible rather, to follow you for the for the individual leadership that God has given as our pastor. But if we can get some help from another preacher, that would be synonymous with like us just talking to another Christian brother at work or down here and getting some encouragement that. Okay, yeah, they may something that say something that can speak to to edify, or we may have a conversation speak to edify one another. But I'm not looking to roll a Napoleon for my, you know, spiritual direction as a believer. That is the role that is consecrated for our pastor. Well, it's the difference between general guidance and specific vision. Yes. Yeah, and you you bring up a really good point there. So thank ta- you. You too. There, overtrade. <laughs> you too. So. Take example a a revival type like evangelist. Yeah. So they come in and their job is to fire up the church. They're they they're praying specifically about Lord, what's the message of this church to get them refocused, get that fire rekindled. But over the years, a lot of that has turned into emotions and feeling good and we we determine our success on numbers and how loud everyone was and how exciting things were. And you go back to what you were talking about, and even the point I made earlier about Jesus and his total devotion to the Father, discipleship, real discipleship, it, to the world is boring. Not mm-hmm. to us, obviously, but to the world, that is boring. So what happens is, in this social media world, it's like a mixtape, like a mixed CD. You only have your favorite people on there. Yeah. You don't want to listen to a whole album. That's boring. You want to pick your favorites and put them on a CD or a tape and listen to them so you don't have to listen to all the other stuff. So now I get all these folks that are like a revival, like an evangelist, and they're meant to stir things up, and there's a lot of them that are more shallow, and it's just feel good and it's emotions. And instead of following my pastor and getting the meat of the word and really getting nourished, I'm just following about 10 or 15 guys that I'm getting these feel-good sermons. It goes back to the old term, diesel sniffers, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For those listening who don't know what a diesel sniffer is, 
that is the people that uh, they may belong to a church somewhere or they may not, but they're every Sunday, every week chasing their favorite singing group or their favorite evangelist. Wherever they're performing, that's where they will be, loving God and worshiping him and gathering with the brethren to hear their favorite singing group or evangelist. They drive their favorite preacher around. I'm not going to be faithful to my pastor because I'm Brother Corey's driver. I drive him around all over the place, and I'm missing I'm missing out. Or I go to every revival I drive. But now social media, you don't need that. You don't yeah. have to drive 80 miles to go hear your favorite preacher. Yeah. You just stay at home and listen to him on your phone. Although we have a mutual friend who drives uh, our former pastor here at our church Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, but, well, that's but, not what but, I meant. But I know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. point I'm making is, yeah. is that's a genuine ministry yes. versus... Yes. Chasing a celebrity. Yes. And I really like you. Hey, I'll I'll drive for you if you want me to. I'll carry your luggage for you. I'll yeah. do everything. Do you want me to go get your dry cleaning? Yeah. Just can we take a selfie and you hashtag me in it? <laughs> Just here's my ministry name. That's what I meant. But yeah. With with what you're talking about, there's the mentality that that's what the assistant pastor of a church does. Right. Is he he's an errand boy for the senior pastor because so many times, that's what happens. You know, the senior pastor has reached celebrity status, and so it's like, hey, come here, Junior. Why don't you drive uptown and go get this or run this, that, and the other? And I think that's more the driving around. Like, that's what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And you're crossing into the not an unrelated topic and probably will come back up in this series, but you're, you're, you're crossing into the whole toxic church atmosphere, the yeah. toxic leadership. Yeah. And, and it, it comes back to this. It's about men wanting to be recognized and honored. And, and so we got the people that are chasing it. We've got the guys that are on the track. They're, they're growing. Their following's growing. They're getting bigger crowds. And, man, they're stirring them up. And they're getting invited to the big meetings. And, you know, and I can't point out and say who's who, okay? But I think you, you kind of know. Sometimes when you're around certain people, you know, okay, yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. I'm highlighting who we've identified. We've got the people that are in the celebrity circuit, in other words. Right. And we've got the people in our churches that are chasing the celebrities. So what do we do about this? How do we fix this? How do we help our people? Because this is a podcast, not just for men, we always say, because, you know, every now and then a wife will listen. Yeah. But how do we help men in our church to recognize why this is a problem and what they can do about it? All right, well, we're going to jump right in here to close out this episode of the Code of Man podcast. We've had a lot of good information given, a lot of dialogue there. We dove into this issue of the Christian celebrity. This is just the beginning of a series we're going to do on these three things that are killing the church in America. And we'll come back next time, and we're going to talk about some of the resolution to this first topic, which is the Christian celebrity culture. We've identified it. We're calling it out today. We come back next time, fellas. We're going to identify how do we deal with this, how do we prevent it from seeping into our own hearts and those that are in ministry and those that are in our churches. Until then, this is Mike Overtrek Barnett saying, happy trails to you. And this is Dr. Dean. And this is Dr. Dean. Dean. This is Dr. Dean. Go ahead. And this is Dr. <laughs> Dean. Dad, burn it. This is the <laughs> Dr. Dean. And this is Dr. Dean Roland. <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> Take his mic off. All right. <clears throat> me, me, me. All right. This is Dr. Dean, Roland Napoleon, telling you that you... That burn. <laughs> Why is this so hard right. for you?
And this is Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon telling you that you are welcome. Constant listener. Dad, burn it. <laughs> and this is Dr. All right. <clears throat> this is Dr. Dean. <laughs> Easy target. Can you get us out of here? Doctor. All right. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. All right. Stop. 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 Okay. All right. All right, this is Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon telling you, constant listener, that you are welcome. And this is Corey Easy Target Cantrell saying thanks for joining us. See you next week. In the heart of a champion, there is a fire. And the flames are controlled by burning desire. In the heart of a champion